This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Who's next? Yeah, who's next? Who ride a greyhound all night long? Stand in line for hours just to sing one song. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We want you to win. You're going to need some leverage. you got to come with an audience. you got to come with some cash flow. And then the world is your oyster. Don't wait around for somebody to come knocking at your door. Just go and get that right now. You don't need anybody's permission to do it. That's why we called it The Climb, Creating Leverage in the Music Business, C-L-I-M-B. Friggin' genius. And the wordsmith that created that is my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is also an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. Hey, and I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns the Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound, and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist everybody loves and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked, there we go. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Work finding this uh this cough, this uh, fun little allergy bowl that Nashville is in is finally getting a hold of me. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's ironic that all these singers move to this town that are in an allergy dome. <laughs> so I'm a lyricist, doesn't affect me very much, but hey, I'm on the mic right now, so I'll try to I'll try to make it through without having to hit the mute button too many times. There you go, man. So hey, once again, uh, everybody, we are um, very grateful that you've been sharing this. You've been you've been, um, you've been telling people about it. I mean, it's going to make you cool. We're going to you know leave a rating and review if you like the podcast. We're going to make you famous. We're going to talk about it, and um, the numbers keep growing. So uh, I mean, we're having another record month again, which is cool. I think you know once people hear it once or twice they, they listen to the rest of it so so keep doing that share it with everybody if there's something out there you think if, if it's if it's working for you it's going to help somebody else and let's let's get out there and help somebody with that um yeah. and what are we in for today sir we, like you're driving i am driving i'm i'm driving the bus so i'm gonna try not to anyway so yeah I, today's topic is songwriting advice from hit publishers so i've, I've had the honor of hosting uh, so far, uh, four great play for a publisher events at Songwriting Pro. So I've had guest publishers so far. I've had uh, the same two guys come in twice: Tim Hunsey of Parallel Music and Chris Oglesby of BMG Music on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. And they have dropped some major value bombs. And so I just want to share some of those. Okay, but before people you do haven't that, been able to see those, so today we're going to do that. But yes. before you do that, we got to we got to read a five star review here. 
Oh, those are there's always time for a five star. That's right, that's right. So this is uh, this is a five star review from Sugartune Seven. I love that. <laughs> it sounds like a stripper name. Um, <laughs> I was going to say like a Sun and Surf band, like Cat <laughs> and Shrimp Jack Shooters, and Sugartune. <laughs> Sugartune Seven says this show covers everything I wanted in a podcast. They talk about DIY for yourself as an artist to the core essentials needed as a pro writer. From true pros that are real people. That is awesome, man. I like to think of myself as a real people. I like to think of myself as a real people, too. The robots haven't taken our jobs just yet. So thank you, Sugatune 7 And, uh, hey, by the way, we're introducing something really, really fun in this episode for your episodes from here on out. Okay, so uh, we did an episode a while back that was... The song, the song title, challenge. title challenge. And by the right. way, I keep getting those in. Don't stop sending those in. Okay. So if and what happened is, uh, real quick, in less than thirty seconds, w- we were challenged to write a song on the air, uh, to, on the podcast, which just really wasn't going to translate very well. So we kind of morphed it a little bit because we liked the challenge aspect of it. But we thought, uh, if you send in a song title, then Brent will just start riffing off different ways that he would spin that title and different ways he would mm-hmm. begin to sort of structure that song is that the way that you would put that like the yeah just kind of whatever we can get to in the time allowed and just like you throw out words and not try to make them mean something and the different ways we can go with it there you go and so we did one episode of that which lasted almost an hour almost more than twice what we normally do and we had a really good time at it but we thought we'd make this a regular feature with like one song title that we'll do on every episode of Brent's. And we're going to mm-hmm. put it right in the middle of the of the uh, show here. So uh, this will be a, a really cool feature. So keep sending those in, and we'll, we'll make that happen in this episode, and yeah. uh, we'll go from there. So And let us know if you like it. If you like it, we'll keep doing it. If you don't like it, we'll stop. Yeah, that's there right. There we go. There we go. All right. So uh, tell me about this songwriting <laughs> advice from Hit Publishers. All right, so I'm going to bounce around. So some of this advice is from Tim Hunsey at Parallel Music, and some of it's from Chris Oglesby at BMG. And both pro publishers, been in the business a long time, and so what we did with these play-for-publisher events, uh, people sent in songs, we did through. I got down to the 10 I thought would be most uh, you know, interesting and appealing to the publisher guest. We all got together on a video conference online from you know people from all over the world would come in or the 10 from all over the place would come in we listen to songs and then chris or tim whoever it was at that time will give their feedback interact with the writer they could ask questions follow up get to know each other a little bit and do that during that time and they're just you know chris and tim they know what they're doing they're just dropping value bombs all the way through so it's just really valuable time for for everybody you know interacting there and everybody, you know, participating and everybody watching. So it's good. I enjoy it because I get to sit there and soak up their knowledge too. Yeah. So we're just going to, I've taken a lot of notes. I'm just going to pull out some that I think are really interesting. And we'll just kind of riff on them and, and talk about it. So first one I want to talk about is from uh, Tim Hunsey. He says, I'm a title freak. If you have a great title, I'm already interested. And as a lyricist, this speaks to me. Yeah. As a title guy, this speaks to me. And I think one thing to remember about this is, you know, you think you hear a lot of music in the course of a day. Say if you're, you know, tearing a playlist on Spotify and Pandora or whatever, you think you hear a lot of songs. You don't hear anything like a publisher does. I mean, he hears so many songs in the course of a day. There's no telling how many times he hears the same or similar titles. 
So if you can get an interesting title, something that really makes you go, oh, I want to hear this. I call it your winning before you're spinning. Oh, Meaning <laughs> you're already ahead of the game before your your song is even spinning, you know, for him to listen to. He's already you're already on first base with yeah. a great title. He's already prepared to go, I want to hear this. He's prepared Instead to love of, it. He's exactly. He's like, Oh, I'm in. Title's got me in. I'm intrigued. I mean that's that's a great way to start off. So you're winning before you're spinning. So he said, Yeah, he's a title freak. If you have a great title, he's already interested. Because, you know, <laughs> these days, you know, you got an inbox full of songs or whatever. And you have, I don't know, one song called I Love You. And another one called I Love You So Much. Another one called Love You. You know? Yeah. And then there's one called The Night Johnny D Caught on Fire. I don't want to hear about that Johnny D song while he's on fire. You know? <laughs> like, that's a little more intriguing. Like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Or The House That Built Me. You're like, oh. Yeah, wow. Okay. Or baggage claim. What the heck is that about? Yeah. The House of Bill Me is like one kind of like, oh, that's brilliant. Baggage claim, you're like, how are they doing a song about baggage claim? You know, it's intriguing. Yeah. So you're you're getting pulled in. So I love that one. I'm always trying to come up with an interesting title. Like the song we have out in Texas right now, Armadillo. I got excited when I you know, had that title and didn't know of another song with that title. It's like, yeah. well, that's intriguing. Okay. what? It, hopefully that makes people go, what are you doing with that? How are you making that a song? A little armored rodent. <laughs> <laughs> well, go down to Texas and you'll find out. All right. So that's one. All right. Another one from him is, if you can demo it, demo it. Much of what is coming, to, and I'm quoting him basically. So if you can demo it, demo it. Much of what is coming across the desk to me, meaning Tim, some sport most of my writing writing with track guys that if you're not in the industry full-time a guitar, a guitar vocal will work a great song will get through all right so sandy if you got the resources to demo demo it's it's the competition so most of what's coming across his desk has a track a loop something the track guys are the thing right now in country music i mean it's always kind of been that way i guess in pop and stuff you know for a longer time it's getting that way in country where you leave the writer's room, you have like a demo yeah. or a partial demo. You have more than just somebody plunking on a piano or, or strumming a guitar. You have some percussion. You have some loops. It's already – you don't have to use as much of your imagination. <laughs> you know, you can go, oh, I get that. Okay. And so even for a publisher hearing that, it's easier for him to hear that. And if that's your competition, you're trying to stand out even against the other songs that are coming across that publisher's desk. Even if you're already on staff there, you're competing to get the pitches, to get the full demo, to get the love, to get the heat. Yeah. So he's basically saying, if you can make it sound a step up, do it. It's only going to help because a lot of other people are. Yeah. So be it, let me interject there for a second. I mean, this is yeah. – like. There's a, there's a lot of people that's going to come off on an argument in their head right now saying, well, you know, a good producer or a good publisher should be able to hear through, you know, bad production or whatever to hear a good song. Yes. But, mm-hmm. um, and, and as he said, like, if you can, if you can demo it, demo it. If you can afford to demo it, demo it. But the, um, I'll tell you this, a bad, uh, what's better than a bad demo is just a really 
decent acoustic vocal. Like, yes. Or, or a well done demo. But don't try to do more than you're capable of if you're not a killer engineer. <laughs> and if you don't have killer skills and guitar, bass, drums, and all that kind of stuff, then it, it's going to sound horrible. You're better off doing you know, an acoustic vocal. But remember yes. this. All the hit songwriters, man, the Dallas Davidsons, like name name a couple hit songwriters, like like big ones right now. Red Akins, uh, oh, what's your face? Oh, names are escaping me. Yeah, but you got the Rivers Rutherfords, you got the uh, Shane McAnally's. Yeah, they, like they, listen, they're, how many, it's insane <laughs> the amount of demos that these publishing companies that, that, that control these writers' songs. Mm-hmm. How much money they spend every year on demos. And they got big names. Like, you know, Shane, how many number ones has Shane McAnally had in the last 18 months? Most of them. Most of them, yeah. So Shane can call anybody <laughs> he wants there. and say, hey, uh, you know, he can call Kenny. He's got Kenny on speed dial. Kenny Chesney, yo, I got a new song for you, man. I want you to check it out. Dude, send it over right now. Don't play it for anybody else. That's what they're going to say, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't send them acoustic vocal stuff. Right. Like they, they make the demo. The, the hit guys still make the demos because they got to compete. So you want to try to do that as much as you can. Yeah, and a lot of these guys, you know, Luke Laird and those people, Ross Copperman, you know, some of these people are getting producing gigs. Yeah. And they're putting something that's a different vibe. A lot of people are digging the, the tra- what they call them track guys or girls, but that are able to kind of woodshed, come up their own thing. It sounds more unique. Mm-hmm. than get the band in the room mm-hmm. and beating a song into submission in you know 20 minutes. Yep. They're able to put some more interesting weirdness on it and kind of have its own thing and to stand out sonically from what else is coming across the desk. Mm-hmm. So you know if you, so even on the publisher side, that helps. So yeah, I understand a good publisher should be able to hear a rough guitar vocal. Yeah, but you know what they're also hearing a lot of stuff that, is a good song that's also well produced. Then you're going to stick that, out like a sore thumb if you're not. And it's, you know, it's just, it's competition. you got limited hours, limited resource. Make it easy on them. Yeah, they can do the work. Why don't you make it easy on them? Yeah. And that's, you're going to get better results. Yep. If you can. But at the same time, if it's a killer song, a, and he said a guitar vocal will work. I mean, if, yeah, don't feel like you have to put a bunch of instruments on it if you're not capable of it. Good guitar vocal beats a bad demo. Yep. Don't give them a bunch of bad stuff. Just make sure whatever they get is good, even yeah. if it's less. Yeah. Sure and, and, and one final thought on that. You know, remember that when you're making a song demo, what is it that you're selling? You're selling the melody, the lyric, and the vibe of the song. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, a song like The House That Built Me, I mean, they recorded the original version just practically like darn guitar demo because it was the lyric was so strong, the melody was mm-hmm. so strong, it stood on its own. But, you know, a song like Truck Yeah, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, the vibe, and that's Tim really going to yeah. be about that groove. It's going to be about that, that beat, that pulse and everything. Energy, so, yeah. So that energy is going to need to be in there to really sell that more than just an acoustic vocal would you know so also pay attention to like the song if you have to make choices on which ones you're going to demo and which ones you're just going to do a guitar vocal on because you have limited resources choose wisely in that regard right yep yep uh another one from tim and and i like this one based on what we i guess it was my last episode or the one about how you might confuse your listener he says sometimes songwriters forget that they know more than the listener and so they don't get enough of the important information out of their heads and onto the page. As a result, the listener is either confused or emotionally disconnected from the song. We did like a whole episode on this. Yeah. 
And that's what Tim's saying about some of those songs is it's in your head. It somehow doesn't make its way through your pen or your guitar onto the page. And there's vital information that's lost in translation. And so while you know what's going on, because it's all up in your head, it's not on the page. And the listener only knows what, what ends up on the page. And so they end up being confused by that. But yeah, we have a whole episode on that. So please go listen to that if you want 30 minutes. Pounded that into you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A couple more. One from Chris Oglesby at BMG. He said, and this is really good. We ran into this a couple times at the last play for publisher he did. He said, you know, after a while, the, the trick or the gimmick of a lyric is over. We get how clever your idea is. The twisty, ha-ha, you're playing on this kind of theme. Now just focus on the relationship in the second verse. The tricky course will bring us back. So focus on the takeaway of the song. So this is like saying, uh, if I have a song and the, you know, and the conceit of it, the, the the gimmick of it is like poker, you know. So it's whatever. Can't read her poker face or <laughs> whatever it is. You know, I, two of a kind of working on a full house. Right. You know, whatever. That's kind of your gimmick. And so you're setting up all the stuff. You think you're in a card game, and then chorus comes out. Oh, it's about love and this relationship. And then your second verse, it's tempting as writers to still cram in more and more like poker, gambling, references at the expense of the story, of the emotion, of the heart. We're getting so busy being crafty that we outsmart ourselves and forget that the song needs to needs to connect on an emotional level. It's like, okay, I get it. I get the joke. Now give me some emotion. Tell me about the relationship. Come on, what's this really about? Stop just being clever now. And so we ran into that a few times. And that could be whether it's a fun song, a happy song, or a sad song. It's like, okay, we got the punchline. Don't worry about just cramming more and more of those references in and showing how clever you were that you got. I got 85 Beatles references in one song. Whatever. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I know. That's great. But I'm not as connected to these people. You're clever. It's cool. But I'm not feeling it emotionally. That sort of thing. So, anyway, so the you know the course will bring us back to that. You know, you go back into your gambling references or whatever in the course. Like, okay, I get it. You know, I'm back. But focus on the takeaway of the song, the emotional takeaway. Everything points to the big takeaway. Focus on the takeaway, not on the vehicle for the takeaway. In other words, don't get so clever with your theme or your gimmick that you forget the heart of your song. Oh, and that, yeah. you know, for me as a lyricist, I can I can fall victim to that sometimes. Look how clever I am, you know, putting all this stuff in there and making it, aha, this whole, you know, Sudoku, the way this all interacts and all these, the stuff on the theme and the gimmick, then forget like, oh, wait, I'm trying to move someone emotionally. I'm not just trying to show off how clever I am. Right. With writing. That's not important. It's not about how clever I am. If they're not relating to it, then, uh, you know, if it all of a sudden becomes about how smart you are and not about something that they can feel that they can relate to, then you're losing. Exactly. They don't care how smart I am, how clever I am. They want to connect to it emotionally. So I thought that was a great piece of advice. And that's what I've been trying to keep in front of me, you know, as I write. There you go. I love that. So, hey, this is a great time right here on that note. Let's do that quick little five-minute song title challenge. Song title challenge. All right, welcome to the first mid-show song title challenge. In this corner over here, weighing in at 175 pounds, we have Mr. Brent 
Baxter, hit songwriter, ready to take on the challenge that is put forth before them. And in this other corner, we have a song title, Yet to be spoken by Mr. Brian Blevins. Thank you, Brian, for your contribution. And uh, how does this work real quick, Brent, so that everybody knows? All right. So this is a song title that someone from you guys, the climb community, sent to Johnny. And I haven't seen it. But what I'm going to do is he's about to lay it on me. And I'm just going to I'm just going to do what I do with it. I'm just going to try and twist it, bend it, see which way I can go with it, see what we can do to develop that idea a couple different ways maybe, and just run with it, see what happens. This is not a co-write. This is still 100% your title. Anything I say, go, use it, have fun. Just invite me to the number one party. All right, are you ready? And also, I've not been 175 pounds since like I was like in eighth grade. <laughs> okay, so this is from, once again, Brian Blevins. And are you ready? I, I, I love this title, okay? Ding, ding. One Truck Mind. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. One truck mind. One truck mind. All right. So, you know, I am a, a country songwriting hammer, so everything to me kind of feels like a country country nail, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this feels like a country title. Uh, it feels kind of bro-ish. Uh, so I, what I want to do is, because I'm looking at it going, okay, how can I get this sucker cut and written as a hit country song? And this is all off the top of my head, so it might just crash and burn. Thank you, Brian. Um, all right, one truck mine. So I want to do something that probably has tempo. I'm going to try and get a girl in that truck, um, mostly for a male singer because those are most of the people cutting records these days. And I want to be something positive, if possible. So those are kind of my my parameters that I'm putting on it. That's where I want to try to go first because that's where you know the the you know the low hanging fruit is if I want to get a cut. So one truck mine. Huh. I mean, you think of things like, well, he's a Ford man. No, he's a Chevy man. You know, you got that, like, one truck mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's also playing off the one track mind, of course. So that's just what he's thinking about. Maybe it's a girl. She's got a one truck mind. You know, it's his. 
you know, it's uh, it's riding you know, shoddy with him in the in the truck because that means they're together. Exactly. Yeah. So she's got a one truck mind, and it's mine. You know. Oh, that was strong. So, ding 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 ding. Yeah. So it's about the girl. She's got the one truck mind. Um, you know, it's like, brother, you can have the most jacked up ride. You can have, you know, a slick Silverado. You can have the the beefy F one fifty. You can have all this different stuff, but it don't matter. She's got a one truck mind. You know, and it's, I don't know if you can get away from the back roads and kind of tailgate thing because it is got truck in the title. But it's mine is what you're getting to in the course. Like, you know, some girls like this, some girls like that or whatever. Boy, you may have this, you may have that, but she's got a one truck mine. And it's, you know, it's riding shotgun and mine down the dirt road. With her toes oh, up on the dash. It could be a scene where like they're like like they're at a bar, walking into a bar and and, this, and he sees like his girl getting hit on by this dude with like a bigger truck, bigger tires, all this stuff, but she just got a one truck mind. It could be, you know, a parking lot, you know, she's walking past all these others coming you know, they're coming out, whatever, and guys are revving engines at her or something like that, or you know, she's going to get in his ride because they they have a pre existing relationship. It's not a pickup. Right. <laughs> Right. It's not a pickup song. They're already together. That's why she has that one truck mind. Uh, that could be a good play on words. She's not a pickup kind of girl. She's yeah, got a one truck mind. Exactly. <laughs> um, you can't get it with your pickup line. She's got a one truck mind. Oh, you know. Uh, so I mean, it's not feeling like it's you know saving the world or anything, but a fun kind of thing. So if you do that setup, that'd be kind of interesting. You know, we're you know like. I don't know if you've got the story, but, you know, she's getting off work. She works at the, you know, at the wild boar, you know, saloon or whatever. She's coming out after work and all these guys, you know, she's been slinging beer for or whatever. Got their big, got their big trucks, got their whatever low riders, got their, you know, different stuff. And she's just walking all past them coming out to mine because I'm picking her up after work and we gone. Oh. You know, she's not even looking at your KC roll bars, at your. You know, ground effects, whatever. At your Mickey Thompson Super Swampers. <laughs> With a lift whatever hit. it is. Um, <laughs> so you can wolf, wolf, and tweet, tweet all you want. But she's getting in my shotgun seat. So she's coming out because she's got a one-truck mind. She's got her mind on, you know, she got her headlights, whatever, pointed at mine, whatever. She's, you know. And so then we're taking off, and it's courses, us, truck, me, her, happy love. And then, you know, second verse, you know, kind of what we talked about or we may talk about elsewhere in this episode is the, the trick of it. Don't get so clever now in the second verse that it's all about trucks and all about this stuff. Tell me about the relationship. You know, don't just try to be so clever and gimmicky. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but get us into, the, okay, you, you just picked her up after work. She walked past all these boys. She's getting in your truck and you're going for a ride. Now what's going on? Something and then something that would bring us back in toward the truck. So, you know, she got a one truck mind. Um, maybe you know, it's like, you know, try to get her to go hang out at my house. You know, go sit on the couch, sit on the porch swing, whatever. No, she just wants to go right around because she's got a one truck mind. She wants to crank the radio up, that kind of thing. Kind of. And now it's not just this truck versus all the other trucks. Now it's, you know, this truck versus, you know, going and taking a walk by the river, going, sitting on the couch, doing, finding a corner booth somewhere, 
She wants to ride around, crank up the radio, and be with me. There you, go. you can do something like that to bring it back. I don't know, it's a thought. Love it. Well, th- good job, Brent. That is awesome. I think <laughs> I, I think you put that one. I think you put that one down, Brian Blevins. Thanks <sighs> for uh, submitting that. We're gonna do one of these on every episode. If you guys like it, please get back to us. Let us know if you did. All right, and we're back from that. That was some pretty cool stuff, there, man. I'm exhausted. Different way to think about things. <laughs> All right. Yep. So ready for uh, ready for some more songwriting advice from some hit publishers? Yes, sir. Bring it on me. Lay it on me. All right. Um, just because a line is cool to say, it still has to sing well. Singability is huge. And, you know, that's another one of those that hits me as a lyricist. You know, it used to be I was like, no, here's a cool line. You make it work, singer boy. Because <laughs> I'm a lyricist, right? <laughs> I've gone the other direction. Okay, maybe it's not, you know, as cool of a line as I could make it, but it sings so, so well. An artist is going to want to sing it. The crowd is going to want to sing it. It's still got to work. It's still got to make sense. It's still got to reach, you know, my personal bar of good enough. But it's got to sing well. If it don't sing, it won't get sung. Can I ask Clear you a enough? question on that? Yeah, yes. like so. As a lyricist, some somebody who mm-hmm. doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. How do you like? What are some like what? How do you define? what sings well and what doesn't sing well. I feel like that might be like this ominous sort of thing for an up-and-coming songwriter who who maybe also is a lyricist. In, in well, I mean, for me, I don't know that until we get in the room, until there's a melody on it. Okay. And so part of it, I'm just, I'm dependent upon my co-writer. Thankfully, when I write with, you know, guys like Jason Wilkes, who are great singers, I go, how is that cool? Is that good? It sounds good. Does that? Are you tripping over it? Does it feel good to sing? Does mm-hmm. it feel you know easy to sing? Something you want to sing again and again. And I kind of have to take their, you know, my ears, but also their word for it. So I'm I'm pretty blessed to work with good singers. That yeah. helps. If they know a good singer enjoys singing it, great. But if they're having trouble with it and something's not right, I'm not going to try and force it on them. Because I think the line's so clever or whatever. we got to find another option. Yeah. Something that says what I want to say, says what we want it to say, but also it's got to sing well. Got you. Because that's the point. Songs are meant to be sung. I guess unless it's rap. <laughs> you know? But in general, even that, it's got it's to flow. It's got to flow, you know, yeah. It's got to flow. I was going to say that. Even <laughs> a rap, it's got to flow right. It's got to feel good. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Let's look at a couple more. Um, okay, so Tim Hunzi talked about uh, keep writing up tempo. He still gets ten to one ballads, even from pro Nashville writers. Wow, ten to one ballads. I did not know I that. Always need up tempo. I know. I was kind of surprised by that too. I, mean, I know we want to ride them, but I figured most people were still getting off that train. But yeah. he said, "Yeah, he said he still gets like ten to one." So even if he's exaggerating, six to one. So if you're writing tempo, and they need mostly tempo, knock knock, who's their math? Most yeah. of what they need is tempo. Man, you're putting yourself where you want to be. You know, you're putting yourself in a target-rich environment. You know, if you're raising your hand saying "pick me, pick me, pick me," and they need a lot of those one out of sixes, I want to be there. Yeah. yeah so it just makes sense. That separates you. If it's six to one, which is being conservative on what he's saying, right? It's a ten to one. Yeah, then, yeah. Then, then that's that's putting you 
in the upper 18 percent. Well, because you look at, say, and I'm just pulling this number out of thin air, but say 80 percent of the cuts are tempo. And they turn in 10 to 1 ballads. So yeah. if you can write ballads, you're in that 10 percent where 80 percent of the cuts happen. If you can write up-tempo, you, know, you mean? Uh, on up-tempo, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, put yourself in that 10% where 80% of the magic happens. Yeah. Instead of putting yourself competing with the 9 out of 10 or the, you know, ballads that only get 20% of the love. That's terrible math. If you just look at it business-wise, it doesn't make any sense. Plus, here's a publisher telling you, keep writing up-tempo. This is what I need. That's what help you stand out. Yeah. It's not just me telling you what I think you should do. That's a publisher who's trying to get songs cut. Telling you, keep writing tempo. I'm supposed to get ballads. Write tempo. Okay? I can't believe that he gets that many ballads. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, seriously. Who knew? Well, there you go. Yeah, I hardly write one these days. So, uh, let's, uh, another thing is challenge yourself to come up with a new idea. A unique, a unique spin on an old thing. Tim said he listened to 100-plus songs a day. So ideas, melodies, lines, titles, all need to be fresh. Again, if you think you hear a lot of songs, you have no idea how many songs a publisher hears or how many an artist hears or A&R. If you think you've heard it before, they've definitely heard it a bunch before. So the challenge is keep it, keep trying to get fresh. And that's something Tim said is that the thing he beats his writers up on, these are his writers. Ones that are getting paid are stock melodies and stock ideas. Oh, it's another hookup song. Great. I haven't seen one of those in three seconds. Yeah. Hey, do you think you could put something about our little toes up on the dashboard? Like, could you come Please up with that line? It only had a back road. Yeah. Only had a back road. <laughs> a tailgate? Can you put a tailgate in there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's... You know, oh, another good thing Chris said, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, there's more, but I got to stop at some point, right? So he said, assume the girl you're singing about is in the audience and listening, especially when it's a positive love song. Make sure to weed out the lines that might offend her. Just assume she'll take things the wrong way. This is not just good songwriting advice. This is good life advice. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> assume she's in the audience and listening. And going to take it the wrong way. Like the worst way you could take it. <laughs> you know? So, you just have to look at your, you know, because you know what you mean in your head. I mean, I mean, gosh. How many? So, okay, my wife is tall. All right, she's like 5'9". So, I remember, you know, you know, this is a long time ago. Uh, you know, she was in the kitchen doing something at the sink and... And looking all sexy and stuff. So, you know, I, I come up behind her and hug her and give her a kiss on the neck or something. And said something about, like, sexy Amazon. Meaning, like, you're tall, you know, good looking. Yeah. Freaking Wonder Woman, okay? Yeah. Minute, total compliment. What does she think of as Amazon? She's thinking, like, Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> she's not thinking, she's not thinking, like, Wonder Woman. <laughs> so you're she's like, guardrail, guardrail, guardrail. She's like, Wah! Yeah, she was like, what? I was like, yeah, baby. She's like, no. She's thinking like big, you know, muscle-bound, whatever, you know, tank of a woman. I'm like, no, you're, you're Wonder Woman, baby. You're tall and you're just statuesque and you're just like perfect. I'm just joking, so, baby. I love you. 
Trying to be sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna go stand in the other room and just think about what I meant. You know, how I how I did this wrong. I'm just gonna hop out yeah. of the room because my other foot's in my mouth. <laughs> exactly. And there's no coming back from it. Even though you're like, no, what, what I mean is blah blah blah. Doesn't matter. Damage is done. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> it just yeah. So you know, go through your songs and think about. Okay, she's listening. She's hearing. Is there a way to misinterpret this? I, I remember. Back in Arkansas, writing a song with Aaron Enderlin that I wrote Monday Morning Church with. We were working on this other song, and I don't know what the song was, but there's a line in there that I brought in. It's a female song uh, about da-da-da, but I'm his biggest fan. And I remember Aaron going, I don't want to say biggest. I'll be his greatest fan or his number one fan. I will not be his biggest fan. <laughs> oh, right, because she's thinking about her. Like a weight thing or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, huh? You know, <laughs> dude, right? Well, and, you know, and Aaron's not overweighted, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, but again, so just, I thought that was a really interesting spin on just imagine for real, she's listening. How could she take this the wrong way? Yeah. And try to weed those out of your song and, and be clear. Fascinating. You find a different word. I know. I thought it was interesting because there was something in one of those songs that had that. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't think she'd really... I don't think that means what you think it means. I don't yeah. think, I don't think it means what you think it means. You know what that means? <laughs> yeah. So that's all the ones I'm sharing. Tell you what, though. If you want to be in the room when these nuggets are getting dropped, uh, I have another Play for Publisher event coming up. But the deadline is coming up quick if you want to get your song in. So how this works is this. Uh, you can get go to giftfrombrent.com, giftfrombrent.com. Download the free ebook, which is valuable all by itself. Get you on my email list, the Songwriting Pro Insiders list. I'll let you know about it, but the deadline is coming up at the end of uh, August, so August 31st, I guess, is the last day you can you can get your song in. You enter your song. I'm going to listen through. I'm going to pick the 10 I think will most impress and be intriguing to our publisher guest, and this time it is Dan Hodges from Dan Hodges Music. He's produced songs like Good Directions, Big number one for Billy Carrington that Luke Bryan wrote. Yeah. And also gives for Kelsey Ballerini, which was a recent number one for her. Uh, he publishes our friend Jason Wilkes. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so he's a real deal publisher. He's on the road, been doing it for years. So he's going to come in. I'm going to pick those 10. You're going to get on a video conference with me and Dan. We're going to listen to your songs. Dan's going to give his input, drop value bombs like crazy. And it's a chance for you to get an at bat with the publisher, to get your face in front of them, to get to some of that reach and some of that frequency we've talked about recently. And also, what we do is we record these. And so if you enter a song and say your song isn't chosen, because most of them won't be just math, right? You still get to watch the replay of the event. So you still get all those value bombs. You get to listen to these good quality songs. And so what does he think about that? It's a chance to see where the bar is set, to see what he likes, what he doesn't like. And just like these value bombs left and right, just dropping from an industry pro. So even if your song doesn't make it, it's worth it just for the replay. Yeah, and some self-growth, some some personal growth. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So, kind of what happens in the room. Maybe you've never had a publisher meeting. And you're like, what's it like to play a song for a publisher? These are kind of mysterious unicorns out there. I don't know. Heck, enter a song or don't enter a song. Just get a ticket for the replay, you know? Yeah. And just you can see what it's like. Because I've been in real publisher meetings. This is a real publisher meeting. It's just online with a group. The vibe is really similar. You may not get as much chit-chat because it's it's a group who have got to kind of keep it moving, but it's still, it's real. Yeah. It's a chance to go, 
okay, okay, so if I get this publisher, it means it's not as scary. I got an idea, you know? So it's, it's valuable. Yeah, so you want to go to giftfrombrent.com or you can just go to songwritingpro.com, find the recent blog post it'll send you through. You can give you all the, all the details. But the deadline has come up last day of August, last day to get it. If you're listening to this in the future, though, you can go giftfrombrent.com. I probably I do these about once a quarter, so I'll be doing it again. So just keep an eye out. If you miss this one, another one's coming. Keep your eyes peeled. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer episode of The Climb. And uh, Brent, real quick, you want to read off that list of the ones that we talked about? Let's see here. Um, of the what? <laughs> just totally... I'm going to edit the crap out of this anyway. But <laughs> what? I, I just I didn't know if you had those those just those those down. But that's we'll, we'll just oh of the of the advice. Yeah, I jumped all over the place, dude. Okay, don't worry about it. So Ride hey, that brings make great relationships. Repeat. So that brings us to the end of another killer uh, climb episode, man. That's some good information there on publishers. And that play for the uh, publisher event is pretty, I mean, what a great opportunity to really just see where you're at in the, in the place there. So listen, guys, we want you to win. If you like this stuff, keep sharing it. Uh, You'll be cool. Everybody's going to think that you got something. You're turning them on to something that can really help them. Please leave a rating and review. Uh, it helps us be more legit to brand new people coming in. Just want to peek, stick their toe in the water, see if we're if we got anything of value, and uh, keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.